Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Truly a wonderful day, a blessed day. This is truly God's merciful great day. I mean, we are truly blessed of this particular day because this is a day we will never see again. This is a day that God has poured out on you and I. This is truly a great day, a miracle day. God is revealing himself unto us and we ought to be grateful and thankful to be in the midst of God's holy day. Amen. 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 So let us prepare ourselves to go to the throne of grace, to become a sweet savior unto the nostrils of God Almighty himself. Let us give thanks unto the Lord as we remember those that's less fortunate than ourselves. Let us remember those that's on the battlefield today as we are approaching Memorial Day. Let us remember those that has fallen, our family and friends of those that have fallen on this particular coming Memorial Day that's coming up. Let us remember the family members of fallen soldiers. Let us remember the soldiers that stand in the post right now and their families and friends. Let us remember those that's fighting over the 40 plus wars that's going on right now as peace has come to Israel at this present time. Let us remember those that's laying in the bed of affliction from the casualties of war that's going on right now in the veteran hospitals all over the world. the ones with missing limbs, the ones in the burn units, the ones that would never leave the veterans' hospitals, the ones with the mental distress, the ones sons and daughters would never be able to touch their fathers and mothers ever again. Let us take a moment and reflect on how our country sleeps at night. As a young man or a young woman looks over their shoulder and tells you to rest because there will be nothing that shall happen to you tonight not on my watch and then as we continue let us remember those that we love as we pray for them, our families, our friends. Let us remember those here at Silver Birch that we love that's still going through their different struggles and, and strives as we remember Sister Barbara as she still is in rehab. She's getting stronger out here. Amen. Remember Brother Dan, he won't be coming back with us. The last I heard, he won't be returning here. Yeah, uh, we also remember in Sister Annie, praying for her. Uh, uh, who else we got? We got, um, I can't, 
cannot remember this other young lady's name. Um, that's okay. We're praying for her. Um, we're praying for Brother Doc as he's still going through his treatments. He just started back on some new uh, chemo treatments. So we're still praying for him. Um, is there anybody else that's in the hospital? No? Okay. We also want to remember you all's family. Uh, praying for uh, Sister uh, Cash Dollar. She, she didn't feel well today. We, uh, we're praying for Sister uh, Elaine. Her foot was swollen. Uh, so we're going to be praying for her. Um, we're praying, uh, how's your mother? She doing okay? She done made it back home? Good, good, good. And your friend, she done, she's all right? Uh, she's still going to the doctors and she's still doing tests and things. Okay. She doesn't know anything yet. Don't know anything yet. And we're going to keep... Uh, Sister Cash Dollar's uh, family member that's in the nursing home. We're going to keep them in prayer as well. Sister Margaret, we're going to keep your family in prayer as well. Brother Stephen, we praying for Australia. Thank we, you. We, we, we remember in Australia, we praying for them as well. And Brother Nate, we got your family in prayer. Sister Viola, we praying for all your loved ones. Sister Viola got a a blessed call yesterday from her family member that she didn't even expect to hear from them, but they gave her a call. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And we're praying for all of our friends over the internet and their family and friends and loved ones at this time. So we also want to pray for the staff here at Silver Birch, uh, Sister Ebony wants us to pray for her. Uh, she didn't have no specific uh, plan, uh, prayer, but she just asked us to keep her in prayer. Also, um, pray continue thanks prayer for one uh, one of the uh, QMAs. That, uh, praying for her son; he's recovering nicely. Uh, he's ripping and tearing up the house, so I guess he's doing well. <laughs> so let us go to the throne of grace. Father God, we thank you for all of your many blessings, Lord, for all for what you do, Lord, for all of who you are, for all of where you are at all times, being all things to all of us. Lord, regardless of who we are at the given moment, you are always who you are wherever we are. And Lord, we know that is a miraculous thing because there's times that we are stiff-necked. There's times that we are rejective. There's times that we have turned our backs, but you have always been God. You have always been love, mercy, and grace. You have always been long-suffering, gentleness, meek, and a good father. You have always been truth, the way, and you have always been our provider. So Lord, we say from the depths of our soul, Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we thank you today, we also turn and give our repentance unto you. We ask you to forgive us of our shortcomings. We ask you to forgive us of all of our disobedience as we repent and turn back towards you pick up our cross, and begin to follow you. Lord, we thank you for receiving us with your arms wide open. 
And Lord, as we lay our prayer requests before you, Father, we ask for your manifestation before. We're asking for your touch, your love, and your mercy. Lord, we're asking for your saving grace upon our families, our friends, and our loved ones. We're asking, Lord, that you bring back that wayward one. We're asking, Father God, that you reach that one that has run amok. We're asking, Father God, that you touch that one that's laying on the bed of affliction. We're asking, Lord, that you turn back that one that has turned far away. Lord, we're asking that you wipe the tears from that one that's crying over the heartache and pain of loss and hurt. Father God, we're asking right now that you strengthen the one that is weakened and give peace to the one that's in confusion. Lord, we thank you. And Father God, we're asking that you give provision to the ones that's lacking and give understanding to those that are lost. And Lord, we thank you for it. Now, Father God, saturate this place with your love. Remember those that have turned away. Lord, we're praying for the lost today. We're asking for your saving grace upon them. And Lord, all the churches that's open in your name today, we pray for you to be lifted up so you can draw men unto you. And right here at Silver Birch, Lord, we're praying for your presence. We're praying that the enemy be bind up, that his portals be shut up, and all the devices of his be gathered up and cast away, and the fruits of the Spirit be released. We pray the same over those that's watching us over the internet. And Lord, we just ask that right now, you decrease me and increase you. Because you are preferred. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Glory to the name of the living God. Well, we know Bible study is Saturdays at 2 o'clock. Prayer time is Tuesdays at 6 o'clock. We know that there is a college course going on. A thousand questions. It's on Thursdays at 6 o'clock. Um, we got the exercises going on, the walking, and that's on Wednesdays at 10.30, 2.30. Okay, and we got the painting on what days? Well, it could be Saturday. Saturday. Saturday all right, it's on the calendar. And I'm going to make this announcement for our friends on the internet. The reason I do not announce the Ark of the Covenant stuff is because this is not an Ark of the Covenant ministry service. This is a silver birch service. It's just that the Ark of the Covenant ministry hosts it. This is not an Ark of the Covenant Ministry service. This is a silver birch service. So we, in, we provide whatever silver birch stuff going on at silver birch. Not what's going on with the Ark of the Covenant Ministry. We can't take over Silver Birch's operation here with the Ark of the Covenant ministry stuff. So that's why we don't announce the things that's going on with the Ark of the Covenant ministry. 
So we wanted to let them know that they was wanting to know how come we don't tell what's going on in the ministry. Because this is not an Ark of the Covenant ministry service. This is a silver birch service. Okay. Now, we can get to the word of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I had an opportunity this week to talk with several people. And in speaking with uh, several people, my uh, God is a <laughs> He deals with me in unique ways. He uh, confirms and reaffirms in unique ways. Uh, whatever I'm going to uh, preach, on or whatever God gives me to study. He gives it to me early on Monday mornings. I know what I'm going to teach or preach on early Monday mornings, like about 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. If you was to have the app, uh, uh, the app, you could look on the app and by 2 o'clock Monday morning, you would know exactly the title of the message and what scriptures I'm going to preach from. You could look on there and see, because I'll be done posted it by that time. It'll be right on the app. Soon as you go to the website, or if you would go to the website, you would see a big old square, and it would say, Worship Hour. It'll give you the date and it'll give you the title of the message. And when I do that, for the rest of the week, God will reveal things about the message. And for the week, God revealed certain things about the message. I talked with a young man that he was so bitter and he was so bitter with me. It was a man that I had never met. I had never actually laid eyes on this man not a day in my life. I have never been in this man's presence. I have never broken bread with this man. I have never actually been in this man's company at no time. I know nothing about this man. No more than his name. It's all I know. But I know this man was very distraught with me. I host a show every morning and the man wrote in and wrote a letter. The man's letter, he wrote in as a testimony. And the man told me in the letter, as my wife read the letter, he said that I'm a pastor that I had to step down after watching your show over a year, watching you over a year, I stepped down from being a pastor. I stepped down watching you a year because of the things that he was doing, using drugs and being a fornicator and doing all sorts of things, he stepped down. He never said that he went to the churches and apologized. He never said that he stood before the congregation and admitted to now church what he had done. 
he just said he stepped down. He never said that he called Nair Pastor and told the pastor what he was doing. He never said that he told Nair individual at Nair Church that he was a dope fiend. He never said that he did anything to acknowledge to now individual what he was. He just said he stepped down and he had to make a public announcement on the show about his intentions because he wanted everybody to know a specific thing. And what he wanted them to know was not really that he stepped down, but what he wanted them to know is that he was lusting. And what he was lusting after was my wife. He told me that he'd been knowing my wife long before I knew her. He knew her in her first marriage. And in a second. And he called me an idiot. And he began to tell me about how I should treat my wife. And my heart was broken. Not because of what the man said. Not because of the long letter that the man wrote. None of that bothered me. Because he wanted me to respond to what he said. And the only response that I could give him. After he told me that I was unworthy of my wife. That he could be a better husband to my wife. was that I was going to pray for him. And I thanked him for writing in. I sat and listened to another man yesterday. Another man I learned to care for. And I listened to him talk. And I understand his dilemma, his trials, his tribulations. I listen to his heart. I listen to his compassion. But I listen to his filtering back as his, he's torn in two. And I listened to him in a way that he probably didn't even hear himself. And my heart was torn. And I want to ask you a question today. Have you ever been in a situation where you tried to get out. Where you tried to break free. Where you tried to just, you just wanted to get loose. But every time you got sucked right back in. You didn't know how. You didn't understand. You couldn't figure it out. But every time you ended up right back in the same old mess. You couldn't understand how come you couldn't get out. Some people call it the crab mentality. That every time you get up and get ready to get out of the bucket. The people pull you right back down. 
I want to talk to you today on a subject that tears my heart apart. And for many, it's so dark that it's going to hurt. The title of the message is You Receive Me, but please don't reject the message. You Receive Me, but please don't reject the message. Many a times we can be in a place or in a time where we can see, hear, and feel an individual. We can see them simply because they're in front of us. We can get around and be able to come to a, a simple conclusion, there they are. We can be in an area for which we can be around an individual long enough to make two determinations. I like him or I don't. I don't care to be around him or I can be around him. We can be around the person long enough to make a characterized understanding that this individual is not somebody I care to be with or a person that I don't mind talking to. Either way that it goes, we are either going to pay attention or we don't care what they say. So right now, you all done made your decision. Even though you came through the door, even though you got up this morning, you put your clothes on, those done turned on the computer, some of them did it out of repetition, some of you all did it out of just simple acts because you used to doing a thing, some of you just did it because you don't want to be left out for somebody to say something, but regardless of why you did it, everybody didn't do it for the same reason. But you hear. And you listen. Some people that's listening is making their own conclusions. Some people that's listening is listening to see if there's going to be any mistakes made. Some people listening is going to decipher it and try to see if they can tear it apart. Others are listening because they want to make fun of it. But regardless of why you are here, it makes me no difference. All I ask is that you don't reject the message. I don't care how you receive me. I don't care if you don't like me. I don't care if you never want to see me again. I just say, don't reject the message. Paul presents the same argument and I want to introduce it to you in the book of Galatians. In Galatians chapter 4 Galatians chapter 4 verses 14 through 27 we're going to take a look at this morning and we're going to walk through a familiar passage of scripture. Sometimes it's been taken out of total context. But this morning we're going to walk through it with real ease and real simplicity. And we're going to have what they call a little Holy Ghost good time. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Alexa. Galatians 4, 14 through 27. 
Version Bible. Galatians 4, verses 14 to 27. And though my condition was a trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What then has become of your blessedness? For I testify to you that, if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes and given it to me. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? They make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out, that you may make much of them. It is always good to be made much of for a good purpose. And not only when I am present with you, my little children, or whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman, and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Now this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear. Break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. Now, I want you to understand that when Paul finds the Galatians, the Galatians are not Jewish individuals. These are not ones that, will, that knows anything about this man, this God, this religion. These are pagan worshipers. These are individuals that's doing their own thing when Paul shows up on the scene. These are individuals that's got their own thing going. These are pagan worshipers that knows nothing about this so-called God of Paul's. And when Paul shows up preaching this God of no name to them, they don't know what this man is talking about. But Paul, with the power of the Holy Spirit within him, preaches a gospel unto them that they receive wholeheartedly. And it transforms their lives. They come out of bondage. In other words, they were like you and I. We were in the world and we was doing our own thing. We were doing the things that we felt that we wanted to do, how we wanted to do it and why we wanted to do it. And all of a sudden, somebody come to us with the word of God and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and all of a sudden, our lives was transformed. We came out of bondage. Now, let me tell you what happened. When they come out of bondage, all of a sudden, Paul leaves and put another in charge of the church. When he sticks another in charge of a church, his church, then some Judaizers come along. Now, when I first understood this, when I was younger studying this, I thought people of Judaism was those that believed in the Old Testament. But that is not so. You see, a Judaizer is that which wants you to do it their way. You see, they don't have to necessarily believe in the Old Testament. They just want you to believe like they believe. You ever come across those people? 
You ever met them kind of people saying, well, hey, you can't be a one, a believer of Jesus because you don't worship on the day we worship on. In other words, you ever met some people say, well, listen, you not saved because you go to church on Sunday and you don't go on Saturday. You ever met those kind tell you, well, listen, you not supposed to eat pork because if you're a Christian, you ain't supposed to eat pork. You ever met those kind that try to tell you, well, listen, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. You see, the Judaizers was those kind of people. They had no understanding of the word of God. See, the same type of people that Jesus met, the Pharisees. See, they was telling Jesus that he wasn't supposed to heal on the Sabbath day. And Jesus told them, listen, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Who told you that I'm not supposed to heal on the Sabbath? They said, well, it was I. We said you not supposed. Who told you that, though? That's a mess you made up. I ain't never told you that. Because I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. You see, a lot of people will tell you some things that that's why the Bible said for you to study it yourself. To show yourself approved. Need not to be ashamed. A workman rightly dividing the word of truth. You see, a lot of times we will get free, but then we will be pulled right back underneath bondage. We will bring ourselves right back underneath bondage. And when Paul heard about this, Paul sent a letter back to Galatia, back to the church. And he wanted to know, how could you get free of the mess that you were in before and then go back underneath bondage? How can you let God set you free from the mess and then go right back to the mess? How can a dog get set free and didn't go wallow right back to his vomiting. When you spend time with an individual and you pour into that individual and you see that your efforts are in vain, you are hurt, your heart is torn because you see the individual is steady returning back to the same vomit. And you steady trying to pull them away from the garbage. And want them to feed on the freedom of Christ Jesus. Paul begins the letter of chapter 4. He wants them to see some things. And I want to start at the beginning of chapter 4. Because I want to explain some things to you. He says. Now I say. That there. As long as he is a child. Mm, different. Nothing from a servant. Though he is Lord. Of all but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Now verse one and two, it simply says, now listen, each one of us was a child. Even though you are heir to the throne of grace, even though you are an heir, you, you started off as a child because you don't know what you got. You don't know what you are. You're a child. You started off as a child. When I was a child, the Bible says, I thought as a child. Because you're going to think as a child when you enter into the body of Christ. He was telling them, say, listen, when I was a child, when I came into this thing, I was a child. And as a child, 
you don't, you don't, listen, you in the house, but you don't know how to rule the house. You don't know where your authority lies because you don't know nothing. So before you get turned over to anything, you are just a child. You don't, you, you don't know nothing. You need to learn. You need to study. You need tutors. You need to pick up the word and go to studying it so you'll know what you got. Then he goes on to verse number three. He says, because, now watch this here. He said, even though, even though we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Now listen, when it says under the elements of the world, when it speaks that even though you were children under the elements of the world, I know the first thing some of you might think he's talking about fire, water, and, and wind, not those elements. When he speaks of the elements of the world, he's speaking of the elements for which the world has. See, there's a difference between God's house and the world's house. I don't care what religion that you serving. They have their mess and God has the truth. Amen. God's house is the truth. Paul was trying to let them know, listen, it don't make a difference what house you was in. Paul said, you was in, you grew up as a pagan. I grew up over here, but we both was in some mess. Because un until we came into Christ's house, we was in some garbage. The elements of the world. And what's the problem is that a lot of times we're trying to bring that mess into God's house. And that don't work. You can't bring garbage into God's house and try to justify the garbage by trying to place it on somebody else. It's your garbage. You got to take you got to take your mess for yourself and deal with it yourself. Because God said, "Bring it unto me, and I will give you rest." He didn't say give it to somebody else. He said, "Give it unto me." So you and God can deal with it. He said, Paul said, listen, I was just like you. I had garbage too. If you want to look at it, that all you had to do is go to Colossians chapter 2, verse number 8. It will tell you about the elements of the world. See, there's different elements in the world as well. Then Paul continues to go on and he says... In verse number four, but when, but when the fullness of time come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Mm. Made under the law now. Made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that were might that might receive the adoption of sons now God brought forth Jesus and he was born by a woman so all of us every one of us can be set free from the law. Now, a lot of people miss when it says the law because the first thing they want to talk about is 
the Ten Commandments. But that's not the law he's talking about. He want to set you free of the law of freedom. See, there's a law of bondage and the law of freedom. See, God came to set you free so you don't have to be under bondage. The law is a taskmaster. You see, the law demands something. God came to set you free. What he sets free is free indeed. He didn't come to hold you under bondage. He didn't come for you to be locked down. He come for you to have joy of everlasting joy. He come to give you life and life more abundantly. He come to do something for you. Not to take away from you. And because ye are sons of God have sent forth the spirit of his son unto the hearts crying of a father. See now, many a times a lot of us are ashamed to say that God is our father. We are ashamed to say it, that he is our father. Because in order for us to say that he is our father, then we got to admit that we are his sons or his daughters. And in order to admit that you are his son and are his daughter, that means that you have to be willing to say that I am a follower. And in order to say that I am a follower, that means that you have to say that I am going to deny what I want to do. And I'm going to do what God says to do. You see, a lot of times we want to hold on to what we want to do. And see, it's so hard to cry unto God and then do hell all day and expect heaven when you die. You see, you can't cry. Oh, Lord, I love you. Then turn around and do hell all day. Then die and expect heaven. It don't work like that. You have to be a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what repentance is all about. Turning from your ways. Not saying that I am, but turning from your ways. Love is action. He says in John chapter 14, if you love me, then you will obey me. Many a times we just want to say it. As the old folks said, you want to spray it. You don't want to do it. You just want to speak it. Then you want to do your own thing. And when we see it, it tears our heart apart. Because all you're doing is just saying, you're making lip service. you saying one thing and you're going another direction. Because I put, listen, I, 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 I want y'all to understand this. Let me, let me give you an illustration so you can understand. Listen, what is more dangerous? If, if I use drugs and put the drugs down, but I keep the same lifestyle. In other words, I use drugs and I'm selling them. So I quit using drugs, but I still sell them. What's the difference? 
All right? I use drugs and I selling them. So I quit using drugs. I quit selling them, but I still gonna go and hang around the dope house. What's the difference? Because if I hang around there long enough, what am I going to do? I'm going to go back to using. It says turn from my ways. If I turn from my ways, I'm going to put the old things at my back. And I'm going to get me some new ways and some new walks and some new talks and some new actions. I'm not going to do the things that I used to do. I'm going to do some new ways. He's Paul is letting them know, why would you go back to the things that was no good before? How could you go back to that way when God has set you free? I don't know about you all, but I know what it is to be locked up. I know what it is to be in a cage, in a little small cell. And I know what it is when another man gets the key and you got to wait on him to open the door. And while you waiting, you can hear him on the outside of the cage. And while he's standing on the outside of the cage, he rattling the keys. And you anxious to get out of the cage. I don't know about you, but every moment that clicks on the clock, you get more anxious and anxious. Every moment that clicks, you wondering what's taking him so long to unlock the door while he's standing there laughing and talking as if he don't care that you've been in this cell all night long. And all of a sudden you hear him say, I didn't put him in there. And he stands there and then he walks off and leave you in there. You see, as you continue to read, because time is winding down, as you continue to read from 14 to 27, we read those verses. Paul said, listen, don't get mad at me because I tell you the truth. But when you get to verse number 28, he lets you know that there was two that were born. Abraham had two sons. One was born by a bond woman. See, Abraham had a son named Ishmael that was born by a woman named Haggai. Haggai was owned by Ishmael's, by Abraham's wife, Sarah. And then Sarah had a child named Isaac. He was a promise. Now, what the problem became was that he, Isaac, was the promised seed. God had promised Abraham the child. And when the two boys was born to living in the same house, the two women became a problem. So one had to leave. The bond woman had to go. And the Bible says, cast out the bond woman and her son. That means get rid of that best. Get rid of the stuff that got you bound. Get rid of that stuff that got you locked in. Get rid of that stuff that keeps you all bondage up. 
Get rid of that mess that you want to put on somebody else. If God set you free, why not you set somebody else free? Why would you want to lock somebody else up if God has set you free? How dare you? Why don't you wish freedom on everybody? If the Bible tells you, they come to Jesus and they said, which of your commandments are the most important? Which are your laws? Jesus summed it up. And I'm going to close with this. And I inspire you all to hold on to these words. Jesus said, Love thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, and all thy soul. And love thy neighbor as thy love thyself. And with these, all the laws hang on them. Love is the key that unlocks the sale. So why would you lock it back with hate, strife, envy? Why would you lock it back with lust, malice? And God set you free with love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Why would you lock somebody else up with anything else but set them free with love? The Bible says in Malachi 2 and 10, listen to these words. Alexa, Malachi 2 and 10. Okay, here's Bible's song. Alexa, Malachi chapter 2 verse 10. Okay, here's the scriptures. Malachi chapter 2 verse 10. Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother, by profaning the covenant of our fathers? The covenant of your fathers is love. Okay. Alexa, stop. That's Alexa. Hebrews chapter Alexa. Stop. She got a little temperament sometimes. <laughs> the, the covenant of your fathers is love. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your love. You first loved us, Lord. We didn't know what love was. The Bible never tells us. The Bible tells us that you are love. So it's through you that we learn to love. It's through you that we have to love. It's through you that you taught us to love. And it's through you that we can love. Lord, you told us how can we love you if we cannot love the brothers that we see. Father God, it didn't tell us that they had to be perfect. It didn't tell us that they had to do what we tell them to do. It simply says that we had to love. You gave us the example of the Good Samaritan. You gave us the example while you was on the cross. When you said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. 
Lord, it's our job to forgive and love. So, Lord, we don't have...